Check, check. Why check? This is the Fly Moto 60 Show. Presented by Maxxis Tires, Pro Taper, and Get Data. On PulpMX.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races. With your host, Steve Mattis. Welcome everybody. Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's on the air. Better late than never, right? Thank you for listening. Appreciate it. 702-586-7857. If you want to talk about San Diego, Limegate, or Minneapolis this weekend, 250 Supercross East Region kicks off. Thank you for listening. Thanks for calling in. We're going to give away a set of fly racing chain and sprockets and a Maxxis set of mountain bike tires. Thanks to those guys for doing that. Flyracing.com, please check them out. Formula Helmet is out now, redefining the helmet game for these guys and for many people in the industry who will absolutely love this thing. Please check them out, flyracing.com. Also to Get, uh, Get, Get, uh, Justin Barca, Aaron Plessinger, they run Get. Uh, two-stroke, four-stroke ECUs, doing very well for those guys, so please check them out if you can. Protaper.com, Rockstar Husky, Geico Honda, JGR Suzuki, all using ProTaper, ProTaper products, whether it's a 7.8 bar, whether it's the Fusion bar that you can lock or unlock, or whether it's the original crossbarless handlebar debuted back in 1991. ProTaper.com has got you covered, and we want to thank the folks at Maxxis. AJ Cantonzaro running the MXST tires out right now in Supercross, and uh, thanks to those guys. Developed by the king, Jeremy McGrath. We're going to give away a set of mountain bike tires from those guys today, so I appreciate you uh, guys... Uh, Waiting a little bit for us to get started here? Yeah, it's been good. So let's get right to the phone, 702-586-7857. Our first guest of the show, we're coming up with Paul Parabinos from ProTaper, but right now from Git and Athena, it's Dan Truman. What's up, Truman? How are you? Oh, not a whole lot. Just, uh, you know, leaving my uh, my second home up here in Dade City and just headed back to my, <laughs> my normal home at Athena and Git. Your, uh, your guy, Chad Reed, he is in North Carolina, but the work still does not stop as you try to help him out? Uh, the work does not stop. We we got the season going, so we kind of stalled on actually selling the property. We we kind of put it to a halt. We just didn't really have time. So now I'm I'm working on getting it back together to where I can list it and, and sell it. Um, yeah, I mean the property's awesome. It's just sitting there. We hate to see it just sit there. So yeah, uh, we've had some, we've had some people ask about it the last few weeks. So we're kind of getting it all together, getting some of this stuff out of the property that needs to get out before we start showing it and uh yeah so i'm kind of doing that during the week a little bit here you, and there, so. you um you so you have some interested people yeah we have we actually have quite a few interested people um you know because it's all zoned and everything you can you can do a training facility if you want or you can do something like the nest and the other places do where you have people pay to ride we just haven't had the time to really go like chat's championship bikes are there and things like right. that so we don't want just random people showing up and and looking at it so right. I'm getting all that stuff out of there and, and getting it ready to actually be shown and things like that. So. What about the 15? Go go talk to Big One Five. Big One Five. I'm actually uh, driving past his house right now. Uh, we're 
his, his place can be sold, too. If you're interested in the one five place, you can, you can buy that one, too. Just contact me. Truman Realty <laughs> Company. <laughs> um, um, how's things that get in Athena? How you doing? Uh, obviously, we're going to work a little bit uh, promoting the Athena line more, I think, as, as you get uncovered and unburied from your stuff. But we're going to work on Athena. Uh, lots of cool things happening for those guys, as well as the get side of things. Yeah, things have been awesome. We did the WPS show with JT and, and the Tucker show with Paul, and, and we have a lot of new products with the CDIs for the two-strokes and the, the TPI, the KTM TPI bike. We're the only one that make an ECU for that bike. So on the get side, it's been awesome. And, and with Athena, we got some new products coming out, and some new things, so that's why we're going to start to talk about some of the new Athena products. But, yeah, man, I can't complain. We obviously got the Anaheim win with Barsha using the product. They use everything from the loggers to the – to the ECU, to everything we make. So that was like a really big win for us. Mm-hmm. It's really rewarding when you see all your hard work go into something. And um, and that was awesome. And, um, you know, working with the JGR guys, they've been really awesome to work with. So uh, it, I can't complain at all. I think right. been great. And if any listener wants a deal on something from Get and Athena, just email us using the contact form on pulpmex.com. We can dial you in. Two-stroke ECUs are moving very fast, Dan, for you, and um, you're, they're back in stock, and two-stroke life yep, is yeah, strong. Every, uh, on, the, on the CDI stuff, we have the Yamaha 6585, Yamaha 125. Uh, we have all of the CDIs back in stock. So, yeah, we, we kind of underestimated the two-stroke market, I think, when we, when we made those, mm-hmm. but people are buying a lot of two-strokes, so everything's yeah. back in stock. Nice to hear. So, okay, before we dive into 250 East and, and talk a little bit about San Diego and everything else, so we are five rounds down. Uh, your guy, Chad Reed, um, on the JGR bike, he just got his season-best finish. He's ninth in points. He missed one of the Triple Crowns, obviously, with a bike malfunction. He had a strong uh, Anaheim 1 also. Um, what do you make of his year so far? What do you think? I I think uh, it's been good. It hasn't been great. It hasn't been bad. I would put it. I would give him a grade of a B through the first five rounds. Yeah, I mean, if you look at just straight results wise, I would say B minus. Um, he had some good rides. The Phoenix Heat race was. I know it was just the Heat race, mm-hmm. but the ride itself was actually really good. Coming through the pass, yep. making the passes. The main event, he ran into Justin Hill. Uh, I think Hill might have been a little tired at that point, and he fell over. So. That was a bit of a struggle. Uh, the, you mentioned the Triple Crown that last race. He did get fifth, and everyone was like, oh, it's just a short race. It doesn't really mean anything. And kind of the same thing with this weekend. It was muddy, and he got fifth, but he wants to back it up in a, in a dome where the track's you know equal for everybody and, and do it. <clears throat> but that's kind of where he puts himself is that five, six, seven range. Uh, I mean, the goal, obviously, would be to get a podium again, right? Like, that's his goal. Yeah. Um, but he knows – even this past weekend, the top three guys were, were better than everybody else. And we talked about it at the truck. Even as he had he started right there with those guys, I don't think he beats them. Uh, maybe he gets Vogel. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think it's a good season. I mean, it's better than what most people had thought he would do. I think most people thought he would be the 12 to 15th place guy. You think? Kind of just off, you off, think people thought that? So. Okay. I think so. Just because of off of last year and him being older and stuff, but... Last year really wasn't a real year. No, I mean, that's what, that's what I mean. I yeah. never even counted it. I never even, I never even took it as a real year. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean right. that that first group of four guys right now is they're they're legit. Like they're really good. And then you throw Baggett in there, and I think Sealy's going to get better. So I mean that group of ten guys that he's in, they're all good. So if he can continue to battle with those guys and be top ten every weekend, that five through nine range, mm-hmm. I think that's a good. I think that's a good season. Uh, for him, you know, right. in my opinion. Yep. So. Um, okay, so we have uh, San Diego and Limegate. Uh, lots of talk about this. 
I couldn't believe that uh, Feld uh, is offering $5,000 to a lot of the riders. Good on them. Uh, we're hearing a lot of riders aren't taking it. Um, they put out a press release also saying they're looking into it. I love the lineup of the imp- unprecedented amount of rain, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, hey, props to them. They're doing something. They're trying to do something. But is it enough? And, and it seems like guys aren't jumping at this, Dan. Did you say you're hearing riders are not taking it? Yes, they're not taking it. Okay. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. I think that if you offer it to some riders, it needs to be offered to everybody who has the night show. That's what I think. Well, because yeah, I, I, it might have been. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't know if they cut anybody off. You know, I'm not sure what happened. But Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but where do you stop it at? I mean, in reality, I mean, a lot of us mechanics, I mean, have, I, I don't know that it's caused from that, but we're all sick. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not asking for any money or nothing. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying, like, yeah. how do you determine? Because I know there's some riders, like, I believe Wilson doesn't really have any effects uh, skin-wise, but does he still get the offer of the money? You know, like, that's what I mean. I don't know how you can pick and choose. Maybe they are. Maybe they're just offering it to the 80 riders that made the night show. I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I still see something coming out of it, whether it's, you know, class action suits or something like that. It's, it's hard to say. I, I will say... I don't think they did it intentionally. That was never the that was never the intent. It was a mistake. They've used Lyme for as long as I've been in the sport. Yeah, I like and it, I like some of the people on social media, riders or wives or whatever, saying, "Well, why are they? Why did they use Lyme?" And and I can't believe we're breathing this in. It's like, uh, yeah, um, they've been doing it for twenty years. Yeah, it's literally been there since since I've been going to the races. Uh, it's always been hard on the bikes, and I think Chad made a comment saying, "Hey, we we know it's always been hard on the bike. This particular time, it got mixed with water." And it never it never settled, and you know when you got splashed with it, it was mm-hmm. it was burning you. And I mean, for us, Chad came off the track and was yelling, "I'm burning! I'm burning!" And I was confused the first time he did it. I was like, "What do you did you did you think Shut he was up. like? Hey, did you think he was like Ricky Bobby?" Yeah, I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "He's like, wash me." So I like was pouring water bottles on. He's like, "No pressure wash." I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is serious." So, um, and then we did that each time he rode. And I think some of the privateers, if you look at the guys who got burnt, yeah. they rode the LCQ. Maybe they were in their gear a lot longer. The guys who went to the press conference after the race. Yeah. So I think that um, you know, had we been warned or things like that, maybe things would have been different. I don't know. Like, yeah. But, I, feel, I feel bad for Phil. They didn't do it intentionally. Oh, of course not. Yeah, but having said that, and I'm, sur- are you surprised they're offering money? I am too. Good job for them. I, I don't know where it's going to go. And again, I don't know if it's enough. And we're hearing guys aren't taking it, but yeah, they're offering money. I'm surprised at that. I'm really surprised at that. Why? Why are they not taking the money though? Do they have a bigger goal down the road? Well, I talked to Ben Lemay yesterday, uh, and he was saying like, I don't know the damage yet. I'm still working on it. I don't know my my Kashima coatings are ruined. My you know my my body still has burns on it. Like I don't really know the deal, so I'm not yeah, ready to, to I, settle I for that. Good on them too. I, I mean, I think once you accept money, it's kind of like a hush. Uh, it's a hush agreement, right? Like I would. Take- I I talked to some privateers. I said, did they say you'd have to sign anything? And the guy I talked to said no. Two guys I talked to said no. But I find it hard to believe that if you agree to take the money, they wouldn't give you a piece of paper right then to sign. I, I would think they yeah. would have to. I think that if you if you took money, they would say, okay, now now you can't join any kind of lawsuit against us for this because you've accepted the money. Yep. So. And I talked to a, an aftermarket company guy yesterday who said he got two calls, two phone calls from lawyers asking, you know, how much is your parts? How much are your parts worth to buy? We need to put a price together because you know things are ruined on on my clients' bikes. So there's yeah, there's something uh, there's going on in the background. Yeah, there's definitely lawyers making calls. That's for sure. Especially when it hit the social media boards and things like that. There's lawyers that see opportunity here, 
and they're making calls to companies asking for sure. So yeah, it's a it's a bad situation, and and even this weekend the question kind of came up. Okay, well the dirt's frozen, and normally they mix lime in it. Are they going to mix lime in it again? I, I think they will, 100%. I think that it'll be fine. I think they'll mix lime in it and to dry it out, and it'll be done the right way because there won't be puddles, you know? So. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes, man. Um, uh, yeah, really interesting time of our sport because the riders are pissed. Riders are pissed. One team guy I talked to said, no, our bikes weren't really that bad, you know, but most guys are um, are, are not yeah, happy. The, the- the bikes were bad. I mean, I, I know the Cali guys and the Geico guys have have the, the machines. I don't know the exact word of it. The blaster, the whatever, the water blaster machine, which are very expensive machines, and and you're able to you know put your engines in there and you can put everything in there. I know the KTM guys have it as well. The people that don't have that, you know, the privateers, the mm-hmm. Tyler Bowers, that kind of stuff, they don't have that capability, you know. So that's where their stuff's getting trashed. Yeah, you know, the guys at JGR, sure, the bikes were destroyed, but they. They'll be they'll look brand new this weekend. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, down the road. So uh, let's get to some phone calls here. We have uh, the lines are almost full. First up is Tony. Tony, what's happening, man? How are you? Hey, Steve. Great. Thanks. Hey, I wanted to say you're very self-deprecating. It's, it's super entertaining. You always take the piss out of yourself, which makes it really rewarding watching. But you don't give yourself enough credit as a former mechanic. So you give a lot of good advice. I'm learning a lot. I'm a rookie. Uh, to Moto. I've been living in New York City for 25 years and just got my first dirt bike. Oh, cool. But I have to say, I have to say, as I, as I listen to your shows and you give great co- uh, discount codes and I spend $1,000 on ride engineering and get a $500 savings, I still have to figure out how to put this shit together on my bike and I don't know <laughs> what I'm doing. So I was, tr- I was trolling through my YouTube feed the other day and there you were, you popped up, how to change a sprocket. Yeah. And so I watched you're really good at it. I mean, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. You were wow. really solid, good instruction, tips on how not to cut my knuckles. It was great stuff. You hear that, Dan? I'm a, I'm a, I've, I'm a mechanic savant also, Dan. So, you know, it's about time I get some credit. Um, Although I will, I, I will say this, Steve. I did pull up one. It, it, it was fed to me. It was you wearing a pair of ladies' stockings on your face. It was a little scary, Yeah, highly entertaining. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Those videos I did for Transworld like eight years ago, uh, they paid me a little bit of extra money. I was I was writing for Transworld at the time. They paid me a little bit of extra money. I flew down to California and shot those like over a week, and uh, they were really good. And I, I had I had somebody at the race last year, Tony, tell me that they love those videos. And I said, "Oh, cool, man, thanks." And he's like, "Yeah, I, I really learned a lot." And I'm like, "Awesome." And the guy goes, "So what are you doing now?" Like he had no idea. <laughs> he had no no idea about Pulp or Racer X. Or, he just knew me from those YouTube videos. So. Um, yeah, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for uh, for doing all that and, and, and everything else. I really appreciate the call. Awesome. Take care. Take Thanks. care. All right. Um, yeah, I should have thrown out my summer cross win to Tony, Dan. <laughs> We've actually been making more YouTube videos for our Git stuff just because people would rather sit on their computers at work and, and watch videos of how to install stuff. Even if it's easy as an ECU, we've been making tutorial videos yeah. just for that reason. Yeah, so. yeah. That's, uh, I'm with you. That's the world we live in now, right? Uh, Curtis, what's up, man? How are you? Yeah, Steve, uh, I was going to give you uh, five reasons to get rid of your uh, favorite voicemail segment on the Pulp MX. Okay, all right. So uh, it was this, uh, the first reason was uh, there's really nothing interesting that those guys say on those voicemail. I mean, okay. most of the time they're half drunk Okay. Or mostly drunk. Yeah, I, I, I can't argue this. Yep, and then the next reason was uh, it's, like, so old school at this point, dude, like... 
you know, who uses voicemail anymore, you know? Yeah, okay, all right. And then uh, the ones that are more important is, the third one is it, it gets you angry, like, every time, and then yep. uh, it, you, you shut down and we just lose Pope content, man. That's what we really want. Uh, I, I do get angry at them sometimes, yep, yep. But I, I yep, enjoy then, when the people call in and bag on JT, though. I like playing those ones. <laughs> you know, like, well, well maybe, yeah. maybe you play those. Right, okay. And then the fourth reason was, that, like, I'm sure it takes you a long time to sort through. It does. Like 15,000. So yeah. you see a waste of your time. Yeah, usually about 40 a week. And I try to get Jeez. it down to, you know, 10 minutes of voicemails. Jeez. So Yeah, that's a waste of your time. You can make in better Pope content. Okay. All right. Not not a bad and, idea. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, the fifth reason is the most important one, I think, and that's because uh, – I want to hear the content from you and the other guys like Dan that call in mm-hmm. that know what the hell they're talking about instead of these drunk-ass Pope fans. Yeah, fans, you yeah. Know? I mean, we had Crazy Lady that was really funny for a little while. We had her. We had, you know, different people calling that were, you know, pretty interesting. But I'm with you. I hear you, Curtis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, but how long has it been since you had that kind of person? I mean, yeah, it's been a while. Yep. yep. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, man. Thanks so for anyway, the call. I'll take it in, I'll take it in an advisement. I'll ask uh, Tits and Marks what they think. Uh, I bet Marks is all in taking it out. Yeah, he is. He will be, for sure. All right, thanks, buddy. All right, see ya. Appreciate Chris, what's up, man? You want to talk about recluse clutches? Yeah, Steve. Question for us. I have that question and one after that. Sure. Um, so I was watch. I'm an off-road guy and I have the recluse. I was just wondering what effect that would have had in that mud, if that would have helped those guys save those clutches. I've or... said this for years. Uh, Dan, why don't guys put auto clutches in their bikes for a complete mudders yes they're not used to it yes they maybe you know don't know what they're doing but literally thousands of dollars are at stake here hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah. even like dan have you ever heard of this and why don't people do this i think the canadian i think that the year carpenter raced in canada they did it for a round for a complete mudder i think they put a recluse in there but uh, dan yeah. have you heard of this I, I th- I think the Yamaha team in Europe, when the year they used Recluse, they did do it at some of the really deep mutters. Um, I, I think I remember Renaldi telling us that they did that. Uh, I, would, I don't know the exact ground. I don't know why the teams don't do it here in the U.S. It's almost just like it's not it's out of the ordinary, so we're not going to change anything. Uh, I've ridden with them before. They're a little different, but I think it would be fine. Well, I really do think it would help. No, they are different. I've ridden with one, too. They're super weird, but for a complete mutter? Hey, man, when you're rolling around out there, you know? So, yeah. Um, and they're not. I mean, you can use it as a regular clutch, too, or just, you yep. know, not yep. use the clutch but at all. Did anybody I, I really would... lose their clutch this weekend? I mean, I know Barsha did, but he had, his wheel wasn't spinning. Well, Ferrandis. Like, Ferrandis did. Yeah, but Dylan like that. And then, and then also, too, Dan, remember Seattle, the cycle trader guys, couldn't even do two laps. <laughs> I, I don't blame that on that. There's no possible way that was all. <laughs> Come on. I don't know, dude. I don't know. Also, too, uh, you know what I saw one time talking about Carpenter and that team, that Cernix team? They stopped mid-moto. First time I've ever seen this and only time I've ever seen this. They stopped mid-moto of a hellacious mutter to pop the radiator cap and put put water in the bike. And you want to talk about, I've never seen a radiator cap fly higher than that day. But but they did it. They stopped it, and they, they filled it full of water, put a new cap on. And the guy took off again. Carpenter took off again. Like a, another kind of smart thing to do, I think. So, anyways, uh, what else? What else, Chris? Uh, hey, so you obviously have a little bit of influence on the sport a little bit since you get the, the nuts up and some other things. What can you do personally to get these guys to stop saying, yeah, no, when they get asked a question? 
Nothing. Can come up with nothing. I got I do it too. You know. So you don't have to. But it used to be bad, man. You stopped. I haven't heard it in forever. Okay. It's like well. the guys when you say yeah, no, they don't. Either they're making up a lie, or they don't know what they're gonna say. Right. They're like yeah, no. I think you could like call them out somehow and make this stop. I can try. I can try, man. Uh, also, too, it seems to be something that I've been saying. So, um, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it, man. All right, Steve. Later. Thanks. Yeah, Dan. I would just throw the auto clutches in in really bad mutters. Screw it, you know. You yeah, want- I think it's. I think it's definitely an option. Hopefully, we have no more mutters. I'm. I just want to be dry for like an entire weekend. So. Uh, you did have the line of the day yesterday in the Pulp Fantasy podcast. Baggett is undefeated in domes. He, he is. Yes. He's undefeated in the domes. This is a very similar layout to to the Phoenix layout or Glendale, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think he's going to be good this week. I know he's dealing with a back injury mm-hmm. uh, of some sort, but. I think he's going to be – I think he'll be fine. Uh, all right. To answer this guy's question about the riders, how they answer questions and yeah. things like this, all these guys have had media training. It's just on the spot, live TV. They they just say the first thing that comes to their head. Mm-hmm. I, I don't look that far into it. If you look at NASCAR or football or any other sport, they're the same. Right, right. All right, Carlos wants to talk about Chase Marquet. What's up, Carlos? How are you? Doing good, man. How are you? Good. Hey, uh, man, just – going to let you know Chase Markey is going to be turning some heads this weekend, man. He's looking fast. Well, how how do you know this, Carlos? Where do you see Chase so, Markey? Uh, how do you have this info on us? Hey, uh, Bernard's place. Okay. Um, he's got a local track here called Bernard's Raceway. Uh, and he's got a supercross out there, man. That kid is hauling ass. Who's he riding against, though, for you to make this comment? Like, I'm just, well, he, was, he was riding with uh, Benny Bloss, okay. Faulkner. All the Oklahoma boys, man. Okay, I'm not doubting you. I'm just trying to get to the to the to behind this knowledge of you of, of where you. I'm getting telling this from. you, man. Well, I'm going to see that kid on top five this year. Oh, well, Dan, are you hearing this? I, I was big. I've always been big on the Marquee train since he turned pro. I was big on him last year in Colorado. Um, he pulled off. I don't know what happened. I don't know if Greg Albertson was helping him or just friends with him, but he was telling me Marquee was. He sounded just like you. Marquee is going to kill it, and he let me down. I do follow him on Twitter, though. He makes a lot of funny tweets. So. Yeah. Um, hey, one more thing. And man. I will say, I was, I was Marquier. I was Team Marquier like two years ago. He was killing it, and then last year wasn't a good year for him. So hopefully he gets it back. He is talented. He can ride. Oh, he's he's looking good, man. I'm telling you. Oh boy, are you hearing this, Dad? Carlos is all in on Chase Marquier. I know, I know. We looked at him at fantasy. He has a high handicap. If you're going to take him, this is the week to take him. Yeah, so. for sure. Hey, hey, Marquier gets top five. You're going to bring me in the show, man. I'll be a co-host. All right, sounds good, Carlos. You're in. You're on. Hey, one more thing. One more thing. Um, you know uh, the Nets. You want more Nets? I do. Um, you saw Enzo Lopes in the heat race, man. He went over that berm, no problem. Got back in the track. Had there been a net there, man, it would have been ugly for him. Um, okay, I'll take the other eighty-nine times that riders would be saved by a net, uh, Carlos. You can take the one <laughs> where it actually would hurt a guy. Um, hey, Not- man, do you have a bike? Yeah, man. Just got a, a, a Blue Crew. All right. Fantastic. You want a, a fly chain and sprocket set? Hell yeah, I do. All right. Stay on hold, man. Because thanks, you're such man. a fan of Marquet, we will give this to you. All right? Hell yeah, thanks. All right. Uh, Dan, Chase Marquet, top five or not this weekend? Um, I like Chase. He's, he will not be top five. <laughs> Marshall, what's up? You want to talk about Hunter Lawrence replacement? Yeah. So uh, with Hunter Lawrence being out now, uh, I'm thinking, could someone like Blake Wharton fill in, even though he's riding for Ty Lube? Or, you know, do you have any word that they're going to fill anybody in? I have not heard anything. I I, I, th- I heard he was going to be out for a month. 
His agent literally just called me 30 seconds ago while I was on the air here. Um, right. Dan, have you heard anything? Do you know? No, I actually have a meeting with the Geico guys on Friday. Uh, we do we do their gaskets and things. But uh, I, I don't think they'll replace them. They already have McAdoo as a replacement. It, there's so much more goes into that stuff than just putting a right. guy on a bike for a few weeks when, when gear companies and there's just a lot to it. I don't think they already have Sexton and Craig, which yep. should both be really well, really good. I don't yeah. think that they, they'll do that. Yeah. I, one more quick comment. Um, with the seven-deuce-deuce deuce, uh, having the privateer challenge points lead, mm-hmm. i ask you a question. How fast would you throw lime and water on your shaft for 15K? I know, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So he, uh, he, I've been telling him, hey, you're leading the points, and he does not seem to care right now. He's very upset that he can't get in the main. So, um, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. All right, thanks. Appreciate guys. it. Um, Mike, you want to talk about Triple Crown? Track yeah. Rounds. Yeah. Do you think it would be better if they would just do them, you know, use those for baseball stadiums? Because, the, you know, the, you seem to see, like, baseball stadiums leading to a smaller floor. Why and would that matter? Make the, because they could make the track a little bit shorter because you wouldn't be hitting lap as fast. And you always say that they could use more dirt. If they shortened the track up a little bit, they could save that dirt and use it other places. No, I don't think it re- no, I don't think it really matters to be honest, Mike. Uh, okay. I can't yeah, I can't see the difference. I will say though, Dan, if there was a triple crown in San Diego this weekend, everyone is screwed. Like they need to yeah. think this out a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, there right. there's actually a few things they need to work on. I, I had a meeting at Felt this week unrelated to this and and this topic came up. We're doing a triple crown at Houston and I think nobody thought of that. The Houston pits are like over a mile away. Yeah. They're far. Yep. And um we're already working out a way to set up a pit area for Chad and, and the riders to be down at the stadium just to stay there. And then, uh, you know, the mechanics will just run the bikes back to get fuel and things like that. They really need to rethink the triple crowns as far as the pit setups. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for the, for the, I know it's good for the fans. It seems like a lot of the fans love it, but for the riders and the mechanics, it's hard. It well, really is hard to, to get back and forth. I, I, yeah. Uh, thanks for the call, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. Wait, I got a quick question. Okay. Um, well, you know how you always bring up the, what you guys should call the triple crowns? Yeah, gangbangs. What about just call? What about calling them finals? Like how you got? You know, you always refer to yeah. things as quarterfinals, um, semifinals. Yeah. Why can't we just call them finals? Sure, finals, crowns are all good suggestions. Just anything at all will work for me. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Appreciate it. Yep. Uh, yeah, Dan. Um, absolutely. Like, I had a OEM guy tell me, like, look, they got to give us more time. A, the first Triple Crown last year was terrible, stretched out. The OEM guy is telling me Fell needs to provide a freestyle show. Fell needs to have the KJSC. Fell needs to do something to give the teams and riders more times at these Triple Crowns. And then he was also saying, think about a rain, so do it in the dome, and think about the time, the, the, the space between the pits and the stadium. And these are all things that haven't been thought about for these Triple Crowns, and it's worked okay so far, but he has a point, man. Um, give you yeah, guys more 100%. time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then and then look at the pit setup. Look at the look at the chance of rain and all of that. So and the and the KGFC when they ran into this weekend, they should put those guys all in domes. There's no reason they should ever race outside of a dome. I mean, it can rain, and those people. One of those kids was from Australia this week. Their family flew all the way from over from Australia to race. Yeah, of course they want to race. I mean, mm-hmm. and I just put them in domes, and you don't have that issue. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I know it's not the best cities always, but you could go Atlanta, Glendale. You know what I mean? Detroit, whatever. Uh, and yeah, do no, that. exactly. Uh, and by the way, Dan, too. Uh, obviously, the time and the riders and the equipment is really bad. Just to top it all off, uh, now they're the, the the little kids got burned. Sending the kids out was a terrible decision. Never mind the fact that they got a bunch of burns on them now. 
I, not a good week for ops, Supercross ops there. Like, good God, no, you know? No. Um, and, I mean, the, un- the unprecedented rain, it was a 100% <laughs> chance of rain from, like, Monday. So, I mean, yeah, there, it was never good. I don't think ticket sales probably could have been that good just looking at the yeah, stands because of, yeah. because of the rain. Right. Uh, yeah, it was not a good week. No, but, no, but, not at all. Uh, we got a few more questions here. Dan Truman from Get and Athena on the line, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Andrew, what's up? More Triple Crown talk. What, what do you want to know? Yeah, um, I was just wondering how exactly the riders' contracts were written up because you always hear Eli Tomac complain, oh, well, I'm racing more, but I'm not getting paid more. So, but if he, to me, if he wants to complain about that, why not write his schedule like he knows there's triple crowns before the season? Well, not, not, not when he did his deal. When he did his original three-year deal, there was no such thing as a triple crown. So, okay, so, well, so they- go- going forward from here, I, that will be in contracts, 100%. So what we're finding out, Dan, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is these guys are getting paid like a heat race win for one of the Triple Crown runs, which is also which is kind of janky. Like, but then again, can OEM really pay out you know $100,000 uh, each time? Like, yeah, going forward from here, uh, Andrew, things will be different for these for these riders and teams. Sounds good, man. Thank I, you. I love the show. Thank you. Uh, keep- all right, um, you know, you are you with me, Dan? You that's what you're coming. Yeah, doing? yeah. There's there's no way to pay them what they would win for a main event for a ten lap race equivalent to a heat race. Um, but they are, from my understanding, guys like Brayton when he won one, they get a heat race bonus. Yeah, uh, which is which is still good. I mean, it's nowhere near a main event, but then again, it's it's tough. I mean, they're in a tough spot. I get what Eli and them are saying. We negotiated our contract for a main event win. We go two two two, and you know, or whatever. It's it's yeah, tough. It's I, tough. I, I yeah, I don't really know the right way to do it, but I think it's more than a heat race win, you know. But yeah, I don't really, I don't know. That's why then everything will be negotiated, you know, going forward. Uh, Brandon, you want to talk about Chase Marquet and Eli Tomac? Yeah. Okay. Don't listen to that last caller or a few callers ago about. I, I think Marquette. that guy's name was Carlos. I think I think that Carlos's last name was Marquet. I think Chase. Okay. Yeah. Must I mean, be Carlos Marquet. Marquet, he's a cool kid and all, but. Top five, give me a break. I mean, what do you say? He said he was going against Forkner and Bloss. I mean, Bloss, we all know, Torrey's ACL. Well, what, I, think he was, I, month, assumed he was, I'm sure, I assumed he was talking before the season. So, I mean, Marquier's been hurt, was hurt for nine weeks. Listen, Brandon, I, I'm, I'm with you. Listen, Brandon, I'm with you. But, you know, we're getting I'm that confused. Chase Marquier. He's been on the term. bike for probably about three or four weeks. Anyways, um, I want to talk about Tomac and Roxon and – why everybody is waiting on Roxon to get back to the level he was at in 2017. Because if you really look at the first three rounds, two and a half rounds, um, you know, Roxon was good. We saw that A1 ride, you know, where he, he, pulled, he checked out over Tomac, who was struggling, we all know, with arm pump. And uh, Dunge just never got the start. But if you look at San Diego, him and Dunge went to the wire. I mean, last lap. They were neck and neck, and we never saw Tomac ever get challenged by Dunge all year long. So, uh, Okay, so what you're saying is even Kenny at his peak doesn't have Tomac speed? Yes. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, all right, well, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, certainly what we don't really know because Kenny got hurt. You know, we don't really yeah, know. Yeah, he got you hurt. Know, but, we'll never know. Right, but, um, yeah, I, I think... Kenny's a winner. He's a champion. I, he would figure it out. I think he would. I think he can match Tomac's speed. Uh, Dan, what do you what do you oh, think? I think I think he can too. I just don't think like everybody's saying that if 
he wouldn't have crashed out. He would have been blowing Tomac's doors off. Oh, no, no, no. He, no, he would have won no, the championship. No, no, no one should I say mean, that. No one should say that. No, no. no. Right. I mean, right. I think they're at peak. They're both pretty close. And, uh, you yeah, know, Roxon's th- injuries. I think I you're right. I don't know if we're ever going to see that 2017 Roxon again. I think he can win. But as far as him getting back to a level where he's above Tomac, I just don't see that ever happening. What do you think, Dan? Does Ken- I'm, not, I'm not sure if he was really ever there. What do you think, Dan? You know? Does Kenny ever get it back? I think he has it back. I think he wanted to make it to the East Coast. He hasn't been on the East Coast since 2016. Uh, he had the two arm injuries the last two years. From his camp and from what I hear, he was just trying to be top five every weekend and get to the East Coast. Kenny knows this is a long series. Eli hasn't had an Eli moment yet this year, as we call it, kind of, uh, where he has a blow-up race. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I think Eli is the hands-down fastest rider, and I think everybody in the pits will tell you that. He has 22 wins, but he has no titles. Uh, that being said, because he has races where he gets a ninth or a tenth. So I think the goal for Kenny is to kind of get – to the ser- through the series, be close at the end, and I think he still can go as fast as anybody. Okay. That's right. Uh, all right. Sounds good, man. Hey, uh, thanks for the call. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Brandon. No problem. All right. Uh, all right, everybody. Uh, Dan, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, get. Uh, get, get, get some get, everybody. ECU's two-stroke, four-stroke, Athena as well. Uh, Justin Barsha, Aaron Plessinger running it as well, and uh, a lot of teams using the data logger, as Dan said. Uh, Dan, we will see you this weekend in Minneapolis, man. Bring some uh, bring some warm, clo- warm clothes. Are you going to wear shorts? Probably. you got to wear pants. I think you have to. It's zero. I mean, I don't know if I have to, but, you know. All right, maybe pack them. Okay, I'll do that. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Appreciate it. Dan Truman, everybody. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, Tis Legendary, we got a late start. What's hey. It? How are you? Hi. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome. All right. Everything good? Yep. All right. 702-586-7857. From Pro Taper, Paul Parabinos. What's up, man? How are you? What up, Steve? All right. We Tits, talked- what's happening? Um, we talked a lot about Limegate, and then we took a lot of calls. So let's- Oh, boy. Let's do 250 East preview. Let's do that. Yeah, because I don't want to talk about Lyme because I, yeah, people won't want to want to hear what I have to say about Lyme. I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree. Uh, okay, so 250 East preview. I wrote something uh, for on Racer X. I wrote something on MX Vice. I, I see the title coming down between Jordan Smith, Austin Forkner, and Marty. That's I think the title's coming out of those three. Uh, Craig, are you might- sure? Because I read I read something contrary to that last night. <laughs> yes, I know. Are you I was, sure? Yeah, I was very excited about Troll Train, and I wanted to see what the what the reaction would be. And uh, you know, okay. So, um, what do you think? Um, so you said between Forkter, Marty, and uh, who did you say? Jordan, Jordan Smith? Smith. Jordan Smith. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think you're not wrong. Um, I do think that there is potential for somebody else to get in there for sure. You never obviously know what's going to happen to a series, so picking three guys, uh, yeah, that could happen. Um, But honestly, I'm super excited for the East Coast because I think, um, you know, nobody on the East Coast is is a champion, Mm -hmm. right? This Uh, is going to be a first for for everybody. Yeah, the race winners are Wharton, Forkner, Jordan, uh, and Marty. And Craig. And five, Craig. Five, five, yeah, five race winners. Right. 
Yeah, so um, I, I'm excited for it. I think uh, there's a lot of unknown right now, in it, and we're we're going to wait to see who is going to establish themselves as the alpha. So um, I think it's going to be good. But, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of good things about Forkner. Apparently he's really hauling ass, and I think he's got a, another year of maturity. He was a multi, multi-race winner last year. He won back-to-back races. Um, he's going to be very hard to beat. Jordan Smith is a veteran at this point. He's been in the hunt all the way to Vegas before. He's always underrated. He's going to be fast. He gets good starts. He's got a great team. He's going to be hard to beat as well. Um, and then you can't deny 30, how old, Marty? Uh, um, 38, 39. I don't know. <laughs> um, Marty's a, he's a, a racer. He's a, a, I mean, he's a practicer as well. He's just all around fast. Um, but yeah, the, I, I can't disagree with what you shout from the mountaintops for years now is that something always weird does happen to Marty. So, yep. um, there still has to be that question. Marty is fast and Marty will be fast, but something will happen to Marty, but maybe Paul, I am thinking, I'm thinking it might work this year. I don't know why I have this feeling. I don't know why. I just think it might happen for Marty. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm somehow, Paul, I have no idea why I am, I am more optimistic than I've ever been for Marty, that he'll be able to pull it off. Don't ask me why. No idea. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, racing, um, he's racing a bunch of kids. He has been doing it for a while, I guess. But, but I, I fully believe in Marty. I know he can – I feel he can get it done. And so, yeah, maybe this is the year it happens. Um, but the door is closing. Yeah, it might it might may have been closed already for a couple of years now, but there's I I wouldn't be surprised if Marty's a, a two fifty East champion in now, in May. Now, having said that, I think the fastest guy is if if he figures it out is Forkner. Like he makes his own mistakes, he rushes things. It's all part of a learning process that a lot of riders go through, so it's nothing to freak out on. Uh, Forkner could could just rack up a lot of wins and win this thing not easily but win it win it going away yeah i mean for sure uh, you know like i, I don't see i don't see sorry and, sorry to interrupt you i don't see jordan or marty if they win this which they could winning it in the way forkner can win it you know what you follow me yeah i could yeah. follow that a little bit because you know and and like i was saying mitch has a saying the fastest guy usually wins um We've seen it happen on the West Coast. I would say not many would dispute that Cincerello has been the fastest guy. And he has gotten a couple fifths on occasion because he's made big mistakes, but he also won three races. And winning races, you, you get a lot of points for. You get those three extra, and it makes a big difference. So mm-hmm. winning races is important. Um, you know, Looking back at history, Tim Ferry, the only guy to win a title without winning a race. So it's beautiful. Um, it's speed beautiful. is important. You knew how to um, do it. He played the could game. very well reel off. Reel off a bunch of victories. Timmy yeah, played sure. the game beautifully. Knew that Carmichael, Dowd, and Roncada would crash out. Fantastic exactly. bit of strategy by the by the Red Dog. Yep, double and triples. Yep, all, all the way to the title. <laughs> all the way. Um, yes, and so for me, those three, I sit, I sit uh, up on top a little bit. Sexton and Cooper. Cooper has one Supercross under his belt. Sexton has one year under his belt, if that. Um, maybe maybe a little bit more, but those guys, they haven't won a race yet. I think they'll be on podiums. Maybe they catch a Trey Kennard rookie lightning in a bottle type of situation, but both guys will be interesting to watch. Yeah, um, I think if you want to compare one of them to Kennard, I would do I would do Justin Cooper because I think he has the he is he's extremely fast and he has the ability to qualify well and get good starts and sprint away and get wins in that fashion. 
I think Chase Sexton can be a title guy by finishing this deal in the, at the end of the season. Chase yeah, okay. has unfortunately never been a good starter his entire career, and and I'm a big believer in that's to quote you, it's hard to change your stripes or your spots or what have you. And and um, I mean, for the life of me, I would I hope Chase would figure out his starts. And and to me, I don't think it's even practicing him. He could practice him a hundred all a hundred every day until the race. I think it's in Chase's head, and he's just uh, it's not so much about leaving the gate too. It's about holding it on deep and getting and wanting the whole shot. Um, but Chase is a uh, I really like Chase. He's extremely fit. He's extremely fast. He is going to be hounding whoever is in the lead by the end of these races. Mm-hmm. I think very frequently. And um, if Chase could start in the in the front. You know, just being the top five by the end of lap one, um, he's going to get some wins, and uh, I would, I'll, I'll bet that Chase does get uh, a win this year. Uh, FlyRacing.com, please check him out. Formula Helmet, Parabinos, you're very impressed with the presentation that the folks at Fly have done for this thing. Um, big, big, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They, they're doing a good job with that. Uh, ProTaper, ProTaper.com, Rockstar Husky, Geico Honda, and Alex Martin uses ProTaper yes. products. Yes, he is. Where do you stand on the troll train? Are you on board the troll train? Um, I, I don't think I'm on board with it. I, I just, um, I have a hard time thinking that. I have a hard time thinking that he'll be improved over the last couple of years. Uh-huh. Uh, Amart's a, a gamer outdoors. I mean, I know he'll be in the mix outdoors. He's a great outdoor rider, but um, he seems to start a little slow in Supercross. He doesn't have a ton of Supercross. I feel like I'm talking down on him, but that's only because you are putting him up on such a big pedestal. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think the expectations for Amart should be to win in Supercross. No, I, I agree. I agree. You know, so, um, but I, he will 100% be in the mix. He's a he's a long-term play guy. So if we do lose, lose a couple, you know, guys to crazy crashes, he could he could creep into the mix that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I look for him to be a, a three to six type guy. Uh, let's get some phone calls. We got Dane has a fantasy question. Dane, what's up? You got a Pulpamex fantasy question? I do. What's up? Do you, do you know of any? I know we're we're going 250 East here, so it doesn't apply to anybody that was West Coast. Do you know of any 450 riders that are not going to Minnesota because of burning shaft, burning uh, balls, bikes that are destroyed? <laughs> I think Polatelli's not going to make it. Um, uh, who else? I th- oh, Cole Martinez was saying that he didn't know if he could make it. Uh, Paul, anybody else that you can think of? Um, no, not at the top of my head, but but I also wouldn't place the blame solely on on anything that happened at San Diego line wise. They're also the race is also in Minnesota, hundreds and thousands of miles away in zero degree weather. Uh, that's part of the issue too. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know Dane for sure. You have to as always look at the. Look at the timing charts and look at the entries and everything else, you know? So Yeah, I'll be looking at it. I was just wondering if there was anybody yeah. not going to make it because of yeah, well, you know, yeah, burning so, shafts so haven't been able no, to ride because uh, no chapped, you know, undersides from Lyme. No, uh, I think the Politelli and the, the Martinez stuff is bike-related. They didn't know if they could get their stuff done in time. Injury-wise, I think everyone's going to make it. A-Ray's nuts and 70 Deuce's shaft are all healing up, I believe. So <laughs> I never thought I would ever say that. But thanks, Dan. Appreciate it. Uh, John, what's up, man? How are you? John, you there? Uh, doing good. Yeah, what's up? I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. How funny would it be, or do you think it's likely, if uh, Marty actually pulls this off, wins the championship, and then retires and rides off into the sunset. What do you think, Paul? Uh, it could happen. 
Marty yeah. said he was that close could, to quitting. I don't know how that's true, but Marty gave an interview and said he was close to quitting. You know? Well, or, I mean, think about it. Even if he wins this title, uh, what what good 450 rides are going to be available to him? Yeah, I, probably not Just much. Right. Thinking about it, I mean, there's guy. I, I know it's a contract year for Roxon and Seeley. Um, you know, those are two guys that needs rides. There's Wilson. There's Tickle. There's uh, you know Justin Hill. There's a lot of guys that I would say are probably in front of Marty when it comes to getting a 450 ride, even if he wins this title, because yeah. I don't think a lot of team managers and decision makers would be um, surprised if he won it. Yeah. Uh, John, I hope he dedicates it to me if he wins it. I do. I <laughs> hope he you. does. Thanks, man. Uh, Fly Racing, Pro Taper, Git, and Maxxis Tires. We're going to give away a set of Maxxis mountain bike tires to the next caller. Next caller that has a mountain bike. But you got to tell Tits what kind of mountain bike you have. You just can't say you have a mountain bike and then uh, eBay these things. So, 702-586-7857, if you can tell Tits what kind of mountain bike you have, and then Tits, you can verify that it is indeed a mountain bike model. Max's <laughs> tires will be given away, mountain bike tires. Chase, what's up? You want to talk about East Coast ruddy tracks? Hey, yeah, so uh, we're heading out East Coast now, Yep. and tracks seem to rot up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. With the, the JGR guys seem like they've been struggling a little bit, and Braden's had okay season so far. Do you think uh, with them being having more setups towards the east coast style tracks that they'll start turning around turning around a little bit what do you think paul who has an advantage uh when it comes to the ruddy east coast stuff that we see at indy and we're going to see this weekend and that kind of stuff is there does jgr and uh brayton and these guys that ride out east uh favorite does it favor them a little bit um i don't i don't think so i mean um you know, Tomac's from Colorado, and I wouldn't I wouldn't assume his Supercross track is all that rutted, and he's won multiple races in the ruts. Uh, I, I I don't I don't know. I mean, a lot of these teams test on the East Coast and 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 figure out setups, but all of these guys know that you need to be stiff leaving California when you're going to the East Coast because of ruts and whatnot. So, mm-hmm. um, honestly, I think it's more of a of mental momentum that that would trump rut practice or, or, or being based on the East Coast, I think, when you go that way. So uh, I, I think the guys that have been finishing the top five are going to stay there because that's where they belong, and no matter what kind of track's put in front of them. There you go, I Chase. Mean, my yeah. theory is you put everybody on a circle track, the fastest guy's still going to win. Yeah, that's, something, that's, that's just, something that Stu told me a long time ago, too. You could have barrels out yep, there. It'll, it'll be me and Chad. So uh, thanks. They'll Appreciate figure it. out a way. Exactly. Thank you. Uh, we got our winner for the mountain bike tires from Maxis. So uh, please uh, stop calling. Maxis.com. MXST tires used by the cat right now out in uh, uh, Supercross as we speak. So, okay, we covered the vets or the, the, the potential guys. We covered the kids. Um, what else? Kyle Peters, Blake Wharton. After that, in, in, into that mix, uh, Craig is not going to be 100% to start the year. Christian Craig's just got two days on the bike so he's going to start a little bit slow hopefully he can be in the top 10 i think for craig that would be a good building spot there um who am i missing uh oldenburg is will be fast paul uh and also yeah, very yeah that, that's who i was going to mention okay. i think oldenburg is a is potential to reach the podium he's done it before i think he's he's always been crazy fast if he can stay healthy um yeah, he's a, he's he could be a podium guy for sure. And the Rockstar Husky guys, Covington and Jordan Bailey. Uh, neither one has ever raced a Supercross. Covington, obviously being older, raced GPs for a few years. Jordan Bailey made his pro debut in Nationals last season. I don't know. I would just put a giant question mark next to these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, they each have their their strengths. Um, 
Bailey is pretty solid. His he's much improved on a super cross track from what I've seen in person and talking to people close to the team. Um, so I think he's looking to improve. I think he should be in the top ten. Uh, he'll be disappointed if he's not, I believe. And Covington is is um, I don't know if he's coming under the radar or not, but he's never raced a Supercross. But um, I do think that Covington's ability to get good starts, his confidence on starts, is going to help him a lot. I think he's extremely fit. He's got a great team, um, and he's wise. So uh, you know, he's. I, I also think he's going to get through Supercross. Because in his head, I believe he has a he he feels deep down he can fight for the title outdoors. So, um, and I think that was something Hunter Lawrence wanted to do too. And already now he's fighting an injury. So, um, I think it's important for Thomas to get through Supercross. But I think he's well within the top ten. And and again on the nights that he has the track figured out, or you know I think whoops are going to be his toughest part. Um, so on the nights that those are better for him, he's going to get a start and he's going to run up front. He's going to put himself in good positions to get some good results. So um, it's a building year for those guys, though, on the 250 team for sure. I think the sleeper for me will be uh, Brandon Hartraft will be the sleeper for me. I like this kid. He's got a lot of talent. He's on a cycle trader Yamaha team. Um, he's been riding with Hayes, and I guess they've been really equal out there and um, pushing each other. Uh, Hartraft uh, is a taller kid. Always jump stuff pretty pretty good. Uh, I, I like Hartraft to be a sleeper. Keep an eye on him. What do you think, Paul? I agree. I agree with you. I think this is a important year for him. Um, I hope he can stay healthy because I do think he he's one good finish away from from a team manager saying, "Okay, that's a guy that I can maybe turn into a, a winner." Um, so there'll be jobs open next year on on multiple teams. And uh, he is a guy that has lots of years of eligibility, and uh, he can do it for sure. So I, I agree. I think he's a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really made a big improvement between where he was an amateur and where he is as a pro. I think he's much been much more successful as a pro than he was as an amateur. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I agree with you, Steve. He could be he could be in the mix and be good for sure. And Blake Wharton, former race winner on Ty Lube Honda team, he's got the hair. Uh, he's got the experience, Paul. You like experience. You like experience, Paul? I do. <laughs> I like it. I mean, uh, it's not easy to win a race, and when you've done it before, it, it really clicks something in your head that makes you feel, um, or yeah, just just it makes you deliver a lot easier. I think, especially when you're racing against guys that haven't won, and and it looks like Blake is more prepared this year. Uh, I think he's been riding and he's been on the same bike in a situation for a while that he's familiar with. So that's a guy that. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if he'll reach the podium, but I think he could get a top uh, a top five here or there because he's done it so many times in the past. So uh, he'll be good. You think I, I'm be- excited for the East, man? I can't I can't wait to watch. You think he can get top five? Yeah, Wharton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think in in a race, if situation mm-hmm. goes correctly, I think he can't get top five. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for you, Paul, you've been busy uh, wrenching for Dean Wilson, of course, your buddy. Uh, now your your job is done. He's on the Rockstar Husky team, and now you can finally. You're not even going this weekend. Saturday night will be very tame at the Parabinos' house. Yeah, it's going to be cool. I can nerd out on fantasy. I can uh, watch as a fan again. And um, But it's been cool. Like Dean's been still in contact with me quite a bit. Um, uh, his new mechanic has as well, so it's it's cool. I still feel like I'm part of it a bit. And um, honestly, I, 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 I'm still going to go to some Supercrosses this year. I'm not going to go to the next few, but uh, I, I just hope I'm there on the night he does He does get a win because I, I think it will happen eventually. So I just hope I'm there to uh, 
to witness it. Yeah, I saw the press release that he was, it was for the rest of Supercross, which Dean had always told me like he didn't want to just fill in for two or three weeks. It wasn't worth you know jacking up his program. And uh, Anderson is going to wait to the outdoors, even though his press release said six to eight weeks, right? So they've, the team's already said, Anderson, just, just wait till the outdoors start? Yep, for sure. I mean, I think that's smart and Anderson's part. What's the point in coming in and racing the last three or so supercrosses when you can get a head start on everybody you're going to be racing with and focus on outdoors and try to uh, win outdoor races? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he's being paid to win races, and, and that's what he's going to focus on. So uh, we'll see what happens with Dean for outdoors. Um, you know, it's it's really uh, things can change by the day in this game. So. Yeah. Um, all you can do is focus on what's currently in front of you, and we'll see what happens. Do you think there's a chance if, if Dean has to do the sprinter, he doesn't do outdoors? He just sits back on a good Supercross season, hopefully, and, and, and waits? Um, I don't think so. I, honestly, I think um, someone will need his services, and and, right. and will have you know a, a factory motorcycle will be available for him, I think, come outdoors. And if it doesn't, I think he'll go first two. Yep. Out of his sprinter, for sure. Yeah, and see what he can do from there. Aren't the first two in California? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, there Paul, you go. Paula in Hangtown, right? Yeah, there you go. I mean, Dean's never lost a moto at Paula, so there ain't no chance he's going to pass up racing there. Oh, boy. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks uh, <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Paul Parabinos from ProTaper, ProTaper.com. Uh, actually, you know what? Maybe you can answer this email I just got about ProTaper, and I'll tell this guy. So he wants to buy some ProTaper Fusion Bars from BTO. And uh, use the Pulpamex discount, of course. He has a question, though. He's a woods rider, and he used to run uh, 971 bend. What bend should I get with Pro Taper? And is it okay to cut my bars down with the Fusion? Uh, so I would suggest SX Race. Um, 971 is Renthal's kind of stock Cowie bar, mm-hmm. um, which is very similar to their 997. Our SX Race bend is damn near identical to uh, 997 and 971. So, um, you know, any kind of past Renthal guy, even myself, I used to be a Renthal guy. I have, I am using SX Race with Pro Taper because it's very similar. So I direct them that way. And then, yeah, cutting it down, no problem at all. The Fusion Bar really is an Evo bar with a um, crossbar and a mechanism on the crossbar. So no reason why you can't cut the bar down to narrow it to shoot through the woods perfect i will pass that on to daniel thanks for the email daniel and uh thank you paul for your time appreciate it enjoy the weekend off man you deserve it you deserve this weekend off uh please enjoy appreciate it yes yeah i hope i um i hope uh i hope you enjoy yourself and i hope i kill everybody in fantasy this weekend that would make that really make the weekend (laughs) it really would it would make it fantastic all right buddy thank you all right thanks paul parabinos from pro taper thanks everybody fly racing get Pro Taper, Maxis, Tits. Sorry you never really got to say much. I know you're heartbroken. You're very heartbroken. I know you you won't be able to get over this. I can think about it all week. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next week.